0: Hey guys, it's Lydia and Dina, and you're listening to Like a Virgin, the podcast where we discuss our never-ending firsts.
1: Hey! Hi guys! Did you guys like the first epi? It was so refreshing to hear all of your commentary on the episode. We're so glad that you guys loved it. I mean, keep the good comments coming, keep the hate coming, keep the reviews coming as long as y'all are listening. Yeah, so today... We are talking about the first time we were villains in someone's story. And it was valid. It was 100% accurate. Um, They were not being DeLulu. In fact, your behavior was DeLulu. And now (laughs) you are left with the crumbs of reality, your consequences, feeling like everyone hates you and shame. You're left with the shame. 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 How many of us? All of us, really. And I feel like that's (laughs) kind of the beauty of it is all of us have shame because all of us. F-U-C-K all the time. So I guess I'll go first and tell you guys my story. So when I look back at my catalyst of my human experience and I think about (laughs) the times I've been so undeniably wrong, there's one story that really kind of starts it all out for me. So when I was in the third grade, I had a best friend and her name was Rosalie. Rosalie's birthday was actually near Halloween. So this kind of makes the story worse. Her birthday was near Halloween, Halloween was coming up, we're little children, she's like, Lydia, the only person I want to go to treating with is you, it's you alone, come to my house Halloween night at 6 p.m. So, so Halloween must have been like a Saturday this day, di- this year, so a lot of people were kind of like building up to go to Halloween, talk about their costumes, but we weren't going to actually have a celebration like in class, so it was a really big deal who you went to Halloween with because you weren't going to have an earlier Halloween with them. And I remember throughout the week, um, I was telling my other friends, like, you know, I'm gonna go to Halloween with Rosalie. And my friends were kind of like, my other friends, at least, specifically my other friend named Lemma. Keep that L, I guess, to differentiate it. Um my other friend named Lemma, she was like, Fuck Rosalie, like, why don't you hang out with me and these three other girls? We're gonna go to Halloween at my house. My house is in a richer area. They're gonna give out like way better snacks, like fuck this bitch. I was like, well, can Rosalie come? And they were basically like, no, like, fuck that hoe. Like, this is about us. Be <laughs> our friends. Like, literally screw your friend over. I'm panicked because I'm like, I don't know how to tell Rosalie. I don't want to go to retreating with her anymore. So the only excuse I could really give is Saturday morning, I ring up Rosalie. It doesn't get answered because obviously this is a home phone. It doesn't get answered. So I leave a voice memo. I leave a voice memo, which was perfect And I basically fake calling in sick like she's my fucking employer. I'm like, hey, Rosalie, like, I can't come in. Like, I'm so sick. (laughs) Like, I can't have any candy. I'll talk to you later. I hang up. I'm like, yes, I am home free. Like, I literally can now, like, go to Halloween normally. I go to Halloween normally. I have a ball of a time. My mom picks me up with all this candy. And she's like, so... Lydia like what happened to Rosalie like was Rosalie gonna come out tonight and I was like Rosalie sick I was like so calmly <laughs> at this point because I'm like my lie has worked it is the end of the night you can't even catch me my lie I've already gone away with it I'm like Rosalie sick Rosalie is so sick I'm like already snacking on my candy I'm like taking a chocolate and putting in my mouth she's like why are you lying and I'm literally my heart sank to my knees I was like I'm not lying. Like literally trying to gaslight my mom. Like I am not lying. Like she's literally sick. She's like, Lydia, Rosalie and her dad came to our house and she actually brought you candy. And I told her, I said, Lydia's with, Lydia's at Lemma's house. She was like, Lydia's at Lemma's house. So Rosalie was left to dust. I obviously still went trick or treating without anyone telling me. And Rosalie, my mom tells me this. My mom tells me this and I'm like, oh, like, what do I do? She's like, you're going to have to call her. You're going to have to call her and apologize. She's like, you're not going to do it now, though, because it's already late, I guess. So I get home. I get home. I open the door. My family is sitting in the living room looking at me like, wow, like, I can't (laughs) believe this bitch fucking did this. And I don't even remember (laughs) my parents fully, like, punished me. I think the punishment was, like, literally just, like, shame. Because nobody in this situation had my back. Like, everybody was like, I can't believe you did this. Like, you are fucked up. Which I also think is one of the main reasons why I remember this as being one of the first times I was, like, the villain and it was valid. Because maybe it wasn't also the first time anybody was like, oh, like... I know like you meant this like everybody was like girl like hell no Mm -hmm. like no Mm -hmm. and eventually obviously I had to apologize to Rosalie she was she forgave me thankfully enough I don't know how she forgave me but she did forgive me and I mean people knew like everybody knew I was in the wrong like I went to school and like those girls also knew we were wrong. like there was nobody on my side but luckily Rosalie like had forgiven me I do remember feeling so much shame about it and I remember feeling like even when we were friends like the first moments of us being friends again like the vibes were off mm-hmm. like the vibes were off because like obviously i owned up to it but there was a weird grace where like she obviously was still hurt by it and we were still hanging out so yeah now in this position where she's hanging out with the person who like freshly knew just her, her feelings
0: it's hard too when it's you feel like, okay, I apologize. This person accepted my apology and now we should be going back to normal, but like, that's not how it works when people are hurt and need time to experience their hurt and
1: like process it. Exactly. And I think like at the time I was like, well, all I want to do is like get this bad feeling away. Like I just like felt bad and I wanted the bad feeling to go away. And so I would like do anything to like, try to get it go away. So like at this point it was confronted, whatever. Now I was at a point where I was like, I think when I was a little kid, I like wanted to hang out with her more as like trying to be almost extra like nice and clingy to like prove that like, oh, I'm like a good friend to you. Like, don't you see like we're having so much fun, even though like it was blatantly awkward.
0: So how did you feel? Like, I think we sometimes forget that like shame has a social function. You know what I mean? Like, it's there for a reason. It's there to let you know that you stepped outside of what is social boundary or what is a social moray or what is okay, which is like obviously not lying to your friend and I think as a kid that's like the best lesson that you can learn actually is feeling the bad feelings that are associated with shame and understanding where that comes from and then like not making that same mistake again
1: yeah absolutely and I feel like that's kind of the beauty of making mistakes I think it's just like nobody likes feeling bad and that's like the problem and that's why I think even when you're younger and like when you're a girl specifically people will try to be like well, you know, it's okay. Like, I know you meant well, or I know you did this or X, Y, and Z. And it's like, I think that people like need to feel like uncomfortably bad about like things that like they do or just in life because it like shows you like it's an indicator of like what you need to do. I also think that like did like greatly affect me where I realized I was like, you can't lie like that. <laughs> like you yeah, can't, like, lie that extremely and think you're going to get away with it like carelessly. Some people don't get those lessons until later in life. Like, everybody learns that lesson. Honestly, like, one thing I try to remind myself is, like, during that time especially, like, I don't remember anybody who really did me bad like that. Not because I think they didn't do it. It's just because I just don't be remembering. Because, like, sometimes mm-hmm. you just get over things. When you do poorly, it seems like everybody is looking at you and will remember that moment you fucked up and ingrain it in your brain. That's not true. Like, yeah. maybe everyone's looking at you right now, but, like, there'll be someone to look at all the time because everyone's always fucking up.
0: It's so funny that your story is about lying because my story is <laughs> actually about radical honesty <laughs> and being a little too honest, being a little yeah. too honest. Okay, so I remember I think I was in maybe like the second grade, maybe the third grade, and I had this friend named Sabdia and me and Sadia were tight. Okay, Sabdia is Albanian, so she's she's like in this family yeah. that she's. I know old- the sisters. You know exactly. You know the vibes. You know the and, old Albanian
1: sister vibes.
0: <laughs> yeah, she has. Yeah, she's all these sisters and also like her cousin that also went to the school that I had a crush on because he was our age. Just a lot going on here. And I don't know why. I was like in this period of my life when I was that age and I just thought like you should never lie. I I was like, as long as I'm telling the truth, that's I'm okay, right? Even if the truth hurts people, even if the truth is mean, even if the truth maybe doesn't need to be said in that moment, I had probably been told at some point, that lying was, like, a really, really great moral sin. So my reaction to that was just to, like, be radically honest. Honest to the point where, like, it would make people uncomfortable. And my friend Sevdia thought of this as, like, a little bit of a party trick. And so one time she had a birthday party and she had her sisters there. And she's like, guys, Dina never lies. And they were like, that can't be true. Like, everyone lies, bitch. Like, shut up. Everyone lies. And Savia's like, no, bitch, Dina never lies. Watch this. She turns to me. She's like, Dina, do you think my sister has big feet? And I was like, yeah, her feet are huge. And she, Her sister's just like sitting there like, okay. And then she's like, Dina, do you think my sister has a big nose? And I'm like, yeah, your sister has a huge nose. To me, I'm do- I'm doing the Lord's work, honey. I'm spreading the truth. But obviously her sister's like horrified. She's also a few years older than us. And I just thought this was Kiki's. I thought it was funny. I didn't think anything of it. I get to school the next week. My friend Amanda, she literally looked at me. She's like, Dina, what you did at Sebdia's birthday party was really fucked up. Like I heard about it. Um, her sister's actually really, really mad that you said her feet were big and her nose was big. And that was really fucking mean. And like, basically just like, reamed me out in front of everyone. I start crying. Sibdi is just like, sorry. First of all, I got set up. Okay. Wow. Y'all asked me, but also like at the end of the day, I still hurt someone's feelings. Right. So I still had to own that. And the consequence for that, when you're that age is that like, people just don't hang out with you. Like my friends just like, were they were mad at me. And when your friends are mad at you, they don't hang out with you. And so I just experienced social isolation. Like I literally was shamed in the town square, bitch.
1: Favorite part about this though is that like we were both set up. <laughs> were you set up? <laughs> well, yeah, because they were like, well, not really. I was a bit, I was a bit like, I mean, they did, they were like Rosalie Oh, yeah, they were Rosalie yeah haters. But that's fucked up. I hate that like you were getting isolated though, like, with the girl who literally was like shitting on her sister, like, hey, Dina, like literally set her sister up. Like, that's her family. And you're like pointing fingers at this other little girl, like, do you have an experience
0: of uh, being the villain in someone else's story as an adult?
1: I do. <laughs> I do. I do. I definitely do. And I'm not talking about the romantic one, ladies. I'm talking about the ones that are actually worse. The not romantic ones, because for some reason, it's actually kind of okay to be a bad person when you're dating someone, because people will be like, it was a growing, it was a growing, it was a learning curve. Sorry, it was a learning curve. They were like, it was my attachment issues. Yeah. But for some reason, when you're a bad person in any other context, God forbid. The situation of me being being a villain and as an adult was I made fun of someone. (laughs) I made fun of someone in a way that wasn't very cool. And You can imagine that happens probably quite a lot with me, unfortunately, because (laughs) when you're a comedian, it kind of just comes with the territory. It just comes with the territory when like you are like trying to riff. It's not always going to hit. And I think that's a lesson I've always known. So I'm not insecure about that. In this situation, it was a really big L and I immediately took accountability And I'm already telling you guys this because I'm actually trying to relieve myself of the shame. So I'm like, I don't take accountability. I'm like, I, but I did. I took accountability. I apologize. I really saw like where I went wrong. And it also stem from people pleasing. Like my first example was I didn't want to hurt Rosalie's feelings. So I came up with a lie to avoid hurting her feelings, which actually in turn made her feelings hurt more because it came to light and it was worse. And, and that's in the same situation that I'm kind of describing as an adult, I made a joke of someone behind their back and I did it behind their back because I thought it would make me like less mean, but in turn, it made me more mean because they found out about it. And so this was a really hard situation to kind of go through because when you're a kid and when I recounted that story of like me being a kid, everyone's first reaction is going to be like, well, you're a kid. like you know you're a kid it's not a big deal it's a learning curve the truth is is learning never stops so even though um I like it kind of seems like an idiotic mistake to have made too like to make a joke like that sounds like the plot of like a coming of age movie like someone made a joke behind someone's back and they find out about it like that is so kind of elementary but I think if you've never actually been burned for that action then like, it doesn't matter how old you are, you're going to have to learn that lesson.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I also think uh, something that I learned from that was, I kind of was able to get over it and move forward from it when I really did have the powers to like forgive myself. And I think that's kind of the key to these situations when you're a villain, like objectively, is that person has the ability to forgive you and, and not forgive you also kind of categorize you in any way they want because it's their life Mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean that they need to forgive you for things to kind of move on or for you to move on you just need to be able to forgive yourself which I think is actually really challenging what is your example of you being an adult and being like a villain
0: I have a lot I actually have a lot and it's so funny that like this is our topic today because I was talking about it today in therapy where I feel like I've had quite a few friendships end on terms that weren't my own. Um, And I think that does something to you, right? Like it does something to your understanding of relationships and um, the idea that like you really only have one fuck up before people leave. And I've definitely had relationships where we've been like smooth sailing. And then there's been one time that I specifically fucked up and it felt like, I, I don't know if it was just because like the culture of the time was like very much cut off your toxic friends, cut off your <laughs> negative friends. I don't know if that's what it was, but, or maybe it was just a me thing. It like, really I was, don't know, though. but, but like, that's insane. That's insane. That's how you end up Golden lonely friends. and isolated and have, yeah. Like that's just not a way to live as a person. Um, And you're never going to have successful relationships if you're like cutting people off at the first sign of, um you know discontent but I do remember specifically one story where
1: I still kind of feel like <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that <laughs> I knew you were not gonna come on here and be like well I was wrong you were gonna be like well <laughs> okay you know but that's true I let us just take accountability um because I have a couple where I'm like objectively this person was wrong as well um too and honestly and let it be known even my adult one that person was objectively wrong as well. <laughs> but 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 I understand that I was also objectively wrong. That's all I'm saying. And you were you were a villain, yeah. Yeah, and I was a villain. I'm okay with that.
0: I feel like a lot of my villain stories unfortunately also intersect with times that I was extremely drunk. I reject the rhetoric that your drunk side is the person that you really are, or that drunk words are sober <laughs> thoughts and all that. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's not true. When I drink too much, the worst part of me comes out, right? And I don't think that's indicative of who I am. But I do remember one specific instance with a friend. She had basically been, we were all out and she had been basically like spending all her time with this guy all night, which is fine. But when push came to shove and like we needed to go home, and I was really frustrated because, as you know, me and Lydia are girls, girls, and I was already probably frustrated of at the fact that this was supposed to be a girls night and like we really didn't get to spend that much time yeah. together. And then we're trying to leave, I'm trying to leave this place and she's still talking to this guy. And then I'm trying to leave this place and she's still talking to this guy. And I this is not one of my finest moments, but I I said some really really mean things to her about her not being a girl's girl or really like being a pick me, caring way too much about what men think. I just really like <laughs> just I really was just here. like I I read her to Phil in a way that like was just not kind and there were other people that were hearing this go down that were hearing the things I was saying to her, which I also think added another level of just like complexity and unfairness. And and I think after that, like the day after. Because I think especially anger is one of those emotions where I have a really, really hard time like reconciling with it because it just feels like it's like a volatile emotion to feel. And to be around someone who's angry, it it feels unsafe and I never want to be someone who's unsafe to someone else. So I think I felt a lot of shame about that for a really long time. And the person forgave me, thankfully, and, you know, our friendship was fine after, but it definitely, it took a lot of, you know, me like setting aside my own ego and being like, holy shit, I really fucked up and hurt you in a way that I never anticipated that I would and this will never, ever, ever happen again and I'll make sure it never happens again and it didn't and, you know, that's like all you can do but I I definitely had a lot of self-loathing for a really long time because I was like, I can't even believe the mean things that could come out of my own mouth.
1: I mean- that's how I felt about my situation too, I guess. Like we're both just Yeah, like, you're like, that was me. That wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. And it's like, um, I feel like it's a good point you made. Like, I feel like one thing about like realizing when you mess up is like really like setting aside your ego. Like it is all ego. It's like all ego of like knowing like, I am like in a vulnerable situation, but I'm not gonna like kick myself down. I'm gonna like hold myself with dignity and just like tell the person how it is, tell myself how it is and like just hope that my actions like now align with like this experience because yeah. this is what else you can do but also I will say like it does sound like crazy when we're telling these stories like yeah this person just like forgave me and now we're okay but like I said kind of going back and I was talking to my friend about this yesterday is like you could fuck up and that sucks but like you people who like really know you and love you can like see that like that was you being drunk and like it was an bad situation or whatever like you were frustrated you were tired whatever it is they can see like your contacts and like know like that one thing is not indicative of like who you are as a person and that's why it's like a good thing and I feel like people who like don't who like aren't as forgiving it's maybe because they feel like it's too indicative of, of like who you are as a person like if somebody was like I'm never gonna forgive you for doing this like shitty thing like if this person was like, "I'm never gonna be for yelling at me like in the club." It's because they think that's your personality, and mm-hmm. if they think that's your personality, then they just don't know you.
0: Yeah, that's really true. That's really true, and I think anyone who is hashtag doing the work and has had these experiences themselves, like that's only going to extend empathy for when someone else, when this happens to me or when like someone's yelling at me in the club, I'm going to be able to empathize because I'm like, I've been there. And, you know, that actually makes me feel good about a lot of the negative experiences I have because it's always extremely shameful to have something that feels out of character happen right it feels extremely shameful it doesn't feel like it's who you are and i always when i'm engaging in any conflict in any of my relationships try to ensure that the person doesn't feel like it's coming from a shame based place because it never is and whatever you've done to me i've probably done that or worse to other people to be honest <laughs> um so i feel like yeah. it's just like it's just a tool of like creating deeper relationships and you know, deepening your own empathy is like fucking up yourself and understanding it from a firsthand perspective.
1: And you know what's crazy? I wasn't gonna toot my own fucking horn, but here we are because literally, like I think the exact same thing, like anybody who is able to realize like this is one fuck up and it's not um this entire, this person's entire personality, like obviously like if that's true, um, they are like, they just have a lot of empathy and like they it's because they forgive themselves. Like, Mm. I I feel like I'm Mm. able to forgive people, and because like I really do am able to like forgive myself, and like I can see like when there's like faults in me, not to be like corny, but when there are like faults in me, like I do try to treat it like you know, this is just like my inner child, like fucking up and like freaking out, and it's like not that deep. Like, you would not talk to like anybody like that, so it's like you should not be talking to yourself like that,
0: yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think also just being someone who uh is in intensive therapy quite a bit, but also it doesn't have to be therapy. If you're just someone who's reflective of like what things are bringing up for you and understanding where those things stem from, then like, you're going to be good. You're going to be okay. And even if someone doesn't forgive you, maybe that's indicative of
1: their own stuff. And also, I mean, no one exactly. is obligated to forgive you. So yeah. no, absolutely. You gotta exactly. forgive yourself. Absolutely. Exactly. And like, it's always someone that like, maybe you guys like haven't explored the ideas around like empathy or forgiveness or whatever and deeper enough levels so it's like you know like you don't want to be around people who like you feel like you can't fuck up around like the people around you should make you feel like maybe you can fuck up one two, and he'll still be around like obviously you don't want to like screw your friends over no one's doing that on purpose but like unfortunately if you're with someone for a long time if you're with a group of people for a long time like you want to make sure it's around the people who have like your best interest
0: yeah, and a relationship with no conflict is, like, a relationship that doesn't really grow and evolve ever, right? So it's just, like, it, you got to view conflict in a different way, and I don't know. I'm at a point now where I embrace my fuck-ups. I embrace them because I'm, like, this is something that I'm going to learn from, and I I know myself, and every mistake that I've made, like, I've never made it again. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it, exactly. It, it's, just the, it's the best
1: learning tool, honey, Yeah. And also it's like people who are nice about it are people who like also fuck up. Like people who are amazing in the world are people who fuck up and like take it with humility and just like learn. It's not that people who don't ever forgive and like hold grudges and are never fucking up. Like people who are never fucking up are like people who are like deep down inside like terrible people because they never learn. But also, like, thinking about your stories, one thing that I will say specifically because I think, like, both the shame I feel like I had about, like, my fuck-ups is that I, like, not only, like, fucked up, but I did it in a way where I felt, like, it, I obviously didn't want it to change the way that people perceive me. Like, I did it in a way that was, like, kind of, like, sneaky and I wanted to do, like, image control. Mm. So one thing about your, like, fuck-ups, like, can we almost like not fault you for at least doing you like my thing is is I'm like at least you did you like yeah I'm like if I'm wrong as long as I'm true to me then I'll be wrong because at least I was being me
0: yeah and I mean in that moment that was my truth I did feel like she was being a
1: pick me I wanted to go home I feel like I can almost like see your side of the story not that I'm trying to be like you were right you were wrong for that but I also think it's like if you really felt that way about that person and you could really see that truth in them I think I don't
0: think the way that I was feeling was wrong I think the way that I went about it was really wrong
1: Um... my adult fuck up though too low-key the way I went about it was wrong but the way I was feeling was dead valid in my opinion
0: I I do think there was some truth in what I was saying, obviously, but that's not to justify the way I went about it and the things I said and the environment that I did it in. It was just extremely immature, extremely mean. Yeah, same. it's not something that I can stand behind at all, and I felt really regretful about it for a really long time because even if I did feel that way about that person, they didn't need to know it in that way, and like at the end exactly. of the day I still I hurt them I hurt exactly. them and that's what matters
1: exactly exactly yeah like, really the same to my situation but I also this is like us apologizing <laughs> I'm like <laughs> if you're listening um I I know literally that exactly but I also like I remember when I was kind of also trying to like reconcile with like my fuck up and I was really in a place where I was like loathing I also had to like tell myself where I was like you know what you were so wrong but you were wrong in a way where you were also kind of like low-key doing you like you were honoring the fact that you felt uncomfortable about something and you were vocalizing Mm -hmm. it and so to that I say that's not a bad thing it's just the way it was about like it went went about
0: Yeah, yeah. The execution wasn't perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts about being the villain in someone else's story or advice to the folks that, you
1: know, maybe maybe you're feeling that right now? If you're the villain in someone's story that specifically isn't romantic, I would say it's okay. Like, you, like, to be a good person, like, inherently have to fuck up. Like, good people are not fuck up lists. I think it's just like this whole moral thing with like Jesus and shit and like religion. It's like sometimes it makes people think like they can never fuck up uh, in order to be a good person. But it's like the fuck ups are the ones that breed good people. And mm-hmm. you know what? Who's for you is for you and who's not for you is not for you. Today, this year, I told a lot of people like this is this was the year of learning like you are not the only person that's allowed to be wrong in relationships. And like that means forgiving other people and like forgiving yourself. So, if you're living on someone else's story, just hope that they forgive you and that they have your back, like you have theirs.
0: That's that's really sweet. Yeah, I think it's hard because you can really dwell on this meaning something about you as a person or meaning that you're a bad person. And I also think it you have to. Th- you have to treat yourself with empathy and think about if this was someone else in relationship with you, someone that you love, and they fucked up. What type of empathy and what type of grace would you give them in that situation? And would it affect your view of them forever? And I think the answer to that is no. It wouldn't, right? Like even when you're upset with people that passes, and I know for me specifically, I'm very much a forgive and forget person almost to like a fault. I really do believe in, the redemptive power of love and like someone's ability to change to be honest. And it's like, I don't, I don't believe that anyone is ever um, a lost cause and yeah, like there's no way to move through relationships without fucking up and without hurting people. Like that is what, that's the risk that you take with being in relationships with other people and with engaging with people and with showing up as your authentic self. And you just have to be willing to set aside your ego enough to apologize and to take those learnings with you and just not make the same mistakes again and like thank god for
1: mistakes thank Thank god God for mistakes thank god for the bitches that stood by us post those mistakes because those are the real those are the real bitches in your life also I'm like
0: really sorry to anyone who was friends with me when I was a bad person but I'm not anymore (laughs) and it's probably partly because of you yeah
1: exactly (laughs) unfortunately we're all building blocks like literally like learn that's the thing Mm -hmm. that's the unfortunate part but yeah Anywho, you so much for listening we love you all we can't wait to keep making like a virgin episodes
0: love y'all follow us on love instagram whatever. at ngl underscore underscore studios make sure you leave a review on apple podcast spotify wherever you're listening and tune in in two weeks we'll see you